Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. You know, I always forget how choked up the "It's Still Real to Me" guy gets mm. during that. Uh, yeah. During that, when you the watch audio that doesn't clip. do the video justice. No, no, man, because <laughs> the guy's got like tears in his eyes. You gotta it hear makes the... me. I've had. I feel bad for the guy after watching it, definitely. But during the time, it's also very funny. He thanks everybody for what they've done to their bodies, and then. Oh, you hear the internal like turmoil he's been that guy's at. He's a legend now. Like I don't know why does he? I mean, that guy should be be like have a podcast for wrestling. He should. You know what Matt, I mean? I think a is now. he a legend? Well, he's legendary, but is he? Does anybody even know where he is? In this day and age, when the Catch Me Outside Infamous. girl has a, her own reality TV show and gets paid a whole lot of money to go on speaking engagements, yes, <laughs> I think yeah, legend. <laughs> I, I would say it doesn't take much these days. But see, one's in front. Of the camera all the time. The other one, I don't even know whatever happened to the dude. Well, what's going on in town this weekend is going to be the spring game. Uh, apparently, allegedly, hopefully, uh, the weather may or may not cooperate. Tom Herman said after practice on Tuesday that basically everything in terms of contingency plans uh, are on the table. Do they move the game time up depending on the weather? Do they move it to Sunday, which sounds like a potential nightmare? Do they go inside the bubble? Uh, could it which be to where you for fans? Yeah, to, and media too. <laughs> We wouldn't get yeah, it. It isn't a game. Um, could you? And we're not, we're not going to count on LHN to show it, but that's another debate for another day. Um, but the, there, basically, everything is out on the table. Uh, the, Tom Herman wants to get in that fifteenth practice. He does yeah. not want to cancel it. They need it and do away with it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, let's go ahead and pretend like everything's on schedule. Six thirty under the lights Saturday night at DKR for the spring game. We will talk about that in full here on this week's edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horn247.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. Here's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, the man that sits to my right, though, here in the studio. He is currently active in the NBA playoffs when it comes to daily fantasy because this is the money time of year for him. Matt Butler. Matt, what's up? Yeah, we were talking a little bit of NBA stuff, and it had been pretty interesting. I can't believe, like, LeBron losing, that really did surprise me, though, the way that that game lost. Because yeah. they could have lost games yeah. in game ones that, like, last year to the same team should have lost game one if C.J. Miles hits a shot. But not where it's just, like, there's an obvious disadvantage. Victor Oladipo's more athletic than all your guards, and he literally did the same thing over and over and over. Act like you're going to go to the hoop, and then you just pull up, hit a three. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting they to need watch. more LeBron early and often. He didn't score his first basket, I think, until like one minute and 52 seconds left in the first quarter. It, it was weird. It was one of those digits. games, like, I was watching him, and he was observing as if he was watching he film was. in the first quarter. He I was. don't know if what he was doing, because I'd never seen him yeah. in the corner. He, and he was just in the corner watching his offense and their he offense. He wanted to see how they would respond to Indiana playing at that level, and I, I, I think he was displeased. Oh, yes. <laughs> He was trying to figure out what the hell we're supposed to do here. He's going to have to guard him. Uh, He can talk about LeBron James. He can talk about a multitude of topics and subjects because he is the renaissance man here on our show. You can get him every day on 104.9 The Horn, our wonderful partners with the Austin Radio Network, every day on a broadcast from 1 to 3. But before he did all that, before he was a radio man, he uh, actually is still a lifetime Longhorn, but he was a 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. If he knew where his T-ring was, he would wear it proudly. And if you're out on the green belt or dirty six or something, if you happen to see it in a storm drain, give Rod B his T-ring back. No, nah, man. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's gone now. I'll get another one, though. I just got to pay for it this time. So. He was number 21 <laughs> in your program, but he will always be number one in your hearts. At least he should be, Mr. Rod Babers. And, Rod, on, let's go ahead and start. Start the spring game conversation. Let's do it. Uh, talking about 
Just a broad question. What are you looking for? What do you want to see? And what Tom Herman wants to see, at least based on what he said after practice on Tuesday, he just wants to see a clean game from his number ones, which I think that's the should be the bare minimum. Just yeah. no stupid mistakes, no dumb penalties. Rod B, you know what that is. That's the holes. No, not necessarily the holes, but that's the false starts, the procedures, yeah. the, Don't want the shifts. Yeah. Don't want it to be sharp. Crisp, farts, crisp. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can, you can do that. You can do that without even being prolific and making a lot of big plays. Right. We can at least be sharp and crisp out there and Bill Snyder's made a career out of Kansas yeah City. don't don't look like you're chaotic don't make it look like we haven't been practicing <laughs> all right. spring long like damn what the hell they've been doing you don't want to have that type of reaction from the fan like what the hell have they been doing you would like to see you know that pro spread we talk about it put it on the back burner but that's the you know what the the label is I should say for Tom Herman's offense we want to start seeing signatures of it mm-hmm. and that's what I want to see in the spring game and I don't know if we'll, we will but that's what I would like I think uh uh, for me, going along that same line of thinking, and this is uh, up on our staff question of the week at Horns247.com, I go back to when we had coordinators available earlier in the spring, and I asked Tim Beck, you know, what what do you want this offense to do by the end of spring ball that will make you feel like you're getting better, that you're heading in the right direction? And he said when the offensive staff sat down after the season, when they started to evaluate things, they felt above all else the one thing they needed to do was to be able to run the football. And we talked about that a lot on this show mm-hmm. the last few weeks. But, yeah. Rod, now I'm not expecting this run game to suddenly be like 95 Nebraska or, you know, Barry Switzer's Oklahoma teams where you're just running it down someone's throat for yeah. four or 500 yards a game. What I do want to see, though, are just a couple small things that give you hope that, okay, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. And that is, does your run game have some diversity to it? Yeah. Like, can you, can you sense that, okay, these are things that be, can become staples of a run game? Yeah. And, and we we saw some different things with what they were doing in the bowl game that was different than what we saw through the first 12 games of the season where you're like, okay, yeah. I feel like I have an idea of what they want to do on offense, what they want to get out of the run. So I want to see, you know, what do you want to try to hang your hat on? What do you want the staples of this run game to be? And then I want to see the impact Herb Hand has had, not just with the offensive line, which I think people will see a group up front that – while you may not be able to tell it by the whole, how the group itself looks, I think you'll be able to tell individually you'll see improvement from some guy. You know, having getting the practice windows we have this spring and then also, you know, getting to hear about stuff going on behind the scenes when closed portions and the scrimmages and whatnot. You know, Derek Kerstetter's a guy that's gotten better. Denzel Okafor's a yeah. guy that's gotten better. So they've had some improvement uh, individually. And, and not only do I want to see that, but I want to see, you know, what are some of the things that Herb Hand in terms of blocking schemes and concepts what are some of the things that he wants to be staples of this run game and how does he want that group to be molded and what do they want to be known for running the football so basically rod i want to see the start the formation of an identity when it comes to running the football um, uh, you brought up a good point. It's hard to tell whether a team overall is good during a spring game, just evaluating it because if the offense does good. Does that mean the defense is bad? Mm-hmm. If the defense does really well. Does that mean the offense is bad? And everybody, are they very vanilla with the play calling? All that kind of thing. So it, it's really hard to tell a lot about the overall team and how successful they're going to be from the spring game. But to your point, I think something you can really look at is really the kind of the technique of guys. Um, have guys really improved footwork? You know, or guys more experienced? Explosive? Do they have? A, do the guys have a more of a burst? We talked about the um, you know the off season workouts for the guys and how much guys improve during the off season workouts with Yancey McKnight. Is that something that you know continues? You know, I mean, that's something that you can see. Can I actually see the uh, the more explosive Charles Amenahu and you know Brecken Hager? Do they? Do these guys have their grown man body? Do I get mm-hmm. to recognize it? The grown man body. Yeah. You see it at times. You're like, man, that dude did not look. He did not have that grown man body last time. So Cole McCoy. Think Cole McCoy. Oh, wait, I, was I think it's the problem. Yeah, he looks like a punter in you know in 07, 07. and then in 08 he comes out and he's got a grown man body. So you start looking at things like that. Those are things you can identify. So I think for the offensive lineman, yeah, I would like to see if some of the guys are a little bit more you know powerful up front. If they can you know if they if they pull if there's a little bit more crisp in the way the guys are pulling. If it's some you know inside run plays, do they have you know enough um, you know enough guys in the interior? And that's where the really the strength of the offensive line is going to be it should be in the spring game yeah. that's where all your veterans are uh, Zach Shackelford Patrick Vahey that's where all your, your veterans are inside um, you know on the outside is where you have the questions everybody's waiting on Calvin Anderson and that's why the offensive line will look really, totally different come yeah. you know this 
actual season. And that's why I don't expect a lot from the running game in the spring game. It's, you know, they lost a lot. I mean, they lost Connor Williams. They lost, like, what, four guys potentially who were veteran offensive linemen. Jake McMillan. Mm-hmm. Jake Mills one of those. hurts, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they lost a lot, and they had a lot of guys hurt. Patrick Hudson's been hurt. Uh, Mike Grant, Mikey Grandy is hurt. I mean, so, I, I you know, I know it's going to be improvement overall, but I'm with you. I think you'll see it more of an individual. I don't even know as a group if they're going to improve that much. Right. I'm not trying to be negative. Yeah. I'm just pointing out the facts of it. Yeah. And it Tight makes- end position has been hobbled, too. I mean, as a group, they're still hurting. Yeah, I uh, I do think, Rod, the, the best way I've described the offensive line, and I think that's the one group that fans could walk out of DKR on Saturday feeling like, God, this group is awful. The offensive line's terrible. This is Texas. How can your offensive line be that bad? But I would caution everybody by saying, look, it's a work in progress. Yeah, and exactly. That group, maybe maybe I could throw running back into that mix, but yeah, more so than more too. so than any other position group on the roster, the offensive line is going to look drastically different the first fall practice once you get your that, anchor that, that it does right now when you get once you anchor. get Calvin Anderson yeah. and Patrick everything Hudson's changes. healthy yeah really with those two guys those are the two guys that Tom Herman's talked about publicly and then you talk to people behind the scenes those are the two guys that they feel could change the entire complexion of this group it's Calvin Anderson if he is what they think he is yeah. and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be and not, not to say he's going to be Connor Williams I mean he's not going to be a borderline first no but he's got what 36 starts something he's like going to be a, his career? A, a, a tremendous upgrade from, yeah. from what the alternative is which no doubt. I, I like Denzel Okafor as a player, Denzel is not a left tackle. Yeah, but then if you put a guy like Calvin Anderson in front of Denzel Okafor, then you add, then you're talking about serious depth. You then you I mean? can, yeah. then does that say, okay, we can now kick Okafor over to right tackle where he's probably a better fit, exactly. and and now that's going to let Derek Kerstetter work some more center where maybe now he's competing with Zach Shackelford, yeah. and we've talked about Shackelford needs somebody to push him yeah. because not just that. That's one thing I asked Tom Herman that after the first practice, like, what are you doing for backup center? Because you don't have one. Hmm. Like Terrell Cooney and Jake McMillan are gone. So you don't have a backup center. Yeah. I mean, Austin also, as a, as a walk-on, he's basically, I guess, technically yeah. your number two center. But it's, there's a big yeah, thing it, to look for. It, it's no, Kerstetter, a, who, Kerstetter and Elijah Rodriguez. No, you, know? you got to start working on that right now. Well, I mean, you got to have like two centers next game for the spring game, but yeah. going back and forth. Well, well no, they're so. only going to use one offensive line, Okay, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but okay. yeah, they're going to rotate guys. But, no, I'm, I, well, they only have so like nine scholarship offensive line. Eight healthy guys. Nine. That's a lot of snaps for one center. Nine, but Hudson with both offenses. But, yeah, man, they got to start working on that right I'm sure they already are, but man, that's, that could be a devastating, yeah. you know, and Rod, situation. Well, you don't, don't want to overwork the guy work. too doing double well, duty just in a spring game. Well, just you know, just insurance. You just want to make they sure they're covered though. there. You no, know, that, true. that could that, that could that could torpedo your entire season right. yes. if you don't have a center and you don't address the backup situation. Especially any now other position, that center gets hurt too. Yeah, you can make shift a lot of positions. I'll figure it out here. I'm talking almost any position other than other than quarterback and center. Yeah. you know what I mean. So that's one thing they should go find Lyle. Line and really just have specific be the skill sets. Everything else, I think you can you can money ball it, but yeah, they, you got to figure that out. That's scary. Yeah, you just brought and, that up. And Tom Herman even mentioned this uh, after practice on Tuesday, Rod. Something you just handed on. You know, spring is the time where you do, and I'm glad he said it because we talked about this when spring started. Spring is the time where you do experiment and you oh, are yeah. tinkering with things like, hey, let's. I just want to look. Let me look at this formation right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll let this guy who maybe he's a guy playing, you know, boundary safety. Let me get a look at him at field corner. That's yeah. um, We'll see what it looks like. Agreed. This is the time of year when you do that because once you hit fall, really your two deep is pretty much set unless somebody just has Blows some kind of away. crazy, yeah, yeah, just crazy start it's to like camp. That Russell Wilson style. Especially mm-hmm. now, Rod, camp. because of how it is, you've really got maybe two weeks of camp and then you're getting ready for Maryland. Yeah, you're already. And even in the, you know, prep to that, depending on how tough your, you know, your non conference schedule is early on, you're already probably diving into, you know, a little premature preparation. You know, I mean, you're already doing things mm-hmm. leading up to what you're going to be game planning for. They're getting yeah. the guys comfortable with that. So last year, just yeah. just for just to give you an idea of kind of the schedule they were on, this is at least and from the defensive side. You know, Todd Orlando last year, and keep in mind it was a new staff too. So you, yeah. that's another reason you started early. <clears throat> when I went to the Angelo Clinic and heard him speak in June, he had already done all of his initial prep on Maryland at that yeah. point, and was already starting San Jose State, and was going to go through San Jose State and then USC, and then start rolling through. So 
by the time you got to camp, you're boom, you're you've already got you already you don't have to waste time saying okay, what uh what's yeah. Maryland's what are that what's their base personnel? Yeah. What personnel? What what are they like to? What, what kind of funk do they like? Do they they more of a ten personnel team? Do they go twelve, twenty one? What do they do? He already had all that down. It's a good example of being a new coach and having everything to be done plus that or your first year where you aren't the new coach where you actually can have a full off season to just prep for the next football season. You Very aren't true. getting hired yeah. coming in this whole massive process that he endured in a whirlwind. Now it's that first reset year where you actually can do that. So that's where the idea of continuity and you always wonder where all these things that what they add up to. But that's just one of the many examples over time that if you do have some continuity, the type of repetition that then can sort of feed the word consistency across the board. All right, guys, this is a good place to take a time out. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about the Texas spring game. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Right, and you know this haven't been in the locker room. There will be guys that complain about, oh, man, I'm third on the depth chart or whatever. And it's like, man, 15 practices to including impress. the spring game to yeah. make your move. Yeah. yeah, there was plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, 15 practices, it, it doesn't take long to figure out, oh, you know what? We got to start focusing in our, you know, we got to make sure that we are maximizing this guy. Um, and you, and there are some guys mentioned throughout. We, we talked about Brecken Hager and Malcolm Roach. You can tell there are some guys that are getting the coaches excited. Um, on the offensive side, of the ball, I haven't heard as much excitement about guys. Most of the excitement I've heard has been about guys on defense, the young DBs stepping up, you know, the the young three that have stepped up, Anthony Cook, Caden Stearns, B.J. Foss, out of that 2018 class that are here early. And, you know, so that's, I, I do worry that, yeah, offensively they haven't made enough strides. He's criticized the running backs, talked about the second second offensive line that, you know, don't have the depth that he would like, and of course they don't, because Calvin Anderson's not here yet, and they've had injuries. The tight end position, you know, I, I think he's talked complimentary of the tight end position, but it's only been because Reese Latow is just apparently shown that he can Andrew be. Beck's had a really good spring. And Andrew too. Beck's had a good spring. So that, that that's actually one of the positions I think you that I think you'd be pleased with the progress of maybe during the spring, considering where they started. Wide receiver, inside wide receiver, they still don't really don't know who's gonna be that guy. I mean lately LJ Humphrey's worked a lot more in the slot, which we talked about. He should have been there. Yeah. yeah, no question about it. And I haven't heard enough about Colin Johnson, which means to mm-hmm. me Colin Johnson had Hadn't shown out yet. Yeah, because he been does hearing freaky more about things. Him. If you he's do. A, exactly, I, I saw <laughs> the, cat, the catch, the catch that he had on that was the first day. Yeah, I remember him tweeting it. I was like, oh, oh, more Colin Johnson freaky stuff. You know what I mean? I want to see it, and I haven't seen enough of it. I haven't heard enough praise to me. You know, and I've been following it every day, pretty much. And Jeff, you've been there. You let me know if I'm off here. I haven't heard enough praise about him. To me, that means he isn't stepping up into that freakish role they want him to be. So I just haven't heard. And, and then, of course, the quarterback competition is. Um, it is what it is. Uh, he, I don't. We we don't have a starting quarterback, so that means famous that, Longhorn. Yeah, it's still a competition, and there's uh, you know, there's some uncertainty there. My point is, all, all the question marks we had about the offense after the season, we still have them now. We're gonna have them after the spring game, right? They're, they're all gonna be there, same ones. When, mm-hmm. This spring uh, yeah. game is not gonna be. It's not gonna do anything for our offensive like perception and, and even, answer our even answer if we any saw questions. something great yeah. and it was blew our minds and they threw all over the it, field, it wouldn't mean anything. Uh, it, like that's the difference that spring game it's just a good sign it doesn't mean production will be there no that's true but i don't even expect that okay? well, i don't, I don't even, expect I don't, that i don't expect either. sam or shane to just go out there and just start slanging it and i've got the ball you know my I mean? bar for this offense Definitely. from what i see on saturday is really really low that's kind of might I'm be saying. sad to say but it's been realistic i've said this before right i'll say it again when you're as bad as they were offensively last year yeah you're basically you didn't hire or fire coordinators but you're basically doing a reset and a reevaluation of, okay, clearly. And, and look, we sat here and talked about is it personnel, is it scheme, and people argue, well, they don't have this guy, this guy, this guy. And, you know, Rod, I know our point was well, that's understandable, but yeah. they didn't necessarily do a good job. And that's kind of what, you know, you hear, you talk to them people behind the scenes and you hear Tom Herman publicly talk about it. The staff now knows, hey, we didn't do as good a job as we could have of getting the most out of that offense. Yeah, they made some changes. Right. One thing I yeah. like, they haven't been in the market of BS that they made much. Changes. They, if, they, if they see bad football, they'll say at least no, bad football. They, they, we, talk, we criticize 
the wide receivers and the how they use the personnel as wide receivers, they made a change there. Now they have an inside. And, and wide I think that's worked. I think outside. that's worked out a little bit. Well, it's not uh, even inside outside. It's just whatever. There's no rhyme. Slide. They're basically yeah, whatever two, they two whatever receivers. they want to call them. They got two wide receivers. They got two wide receivers coaches, and they brought in an offensive line coach because that was the probably the the worst performing group on the team altogether. Even though you had a first round pick on there, so I think they brought in a guy that can you know that's supposed to be kind of a guru and a savant when it comes to O-line technique coaching and that kind of thing. So I, I think they addressed all the concerns, but my point is just looking at the spring game, I'm with you. My expectations are low for the offense. And considering how much praise they've heaped on the defense, mm-hmm. I expect them to excel. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If the defense, if they start making plays on the defense, a lot of them, then that may concern me more than, you know what I mean, if the offense looks bad. Yeah. And that brings <laughs> us back to the point that yeah. we were having like 20 minutes ago when we said that you could go out there and see the game play out and the offense dominates or gets dominated by the defense, yet both can be like slightly improved. The offense can be better and still get dominated because if the defense is just as good or anywhere near what they were, it's going to be hard for that offense to move the ball against them because no offenses in the country were moving the ball against them. Yeah, it's true, but obviously they lost a lot on defense. True. Just saying that in context, because of the matchup, like we can leave there, even if the offense looks horrible, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they are going to be horrible. They can actually maybe be improving and just also be in the situation that in going against a defense that beat you up. Yeah. You know, but Rod, going back like offensively, we talk about kind of what Matt was talking about. You can see improvement without the production necessarily being there. That that to me is what the offensive line is all about. Like I said, the individual <laughs> pieces I think to a, to an extent have gotten better. But man, Rod, you played with really good offensive lines at yeah. Texas. Man, that takes time and a, and a lot of reps to get that thing down. And, and I think that's that's what's going to help this group in the spring game is when you've basically got one offensive line and you're just kind of rotating guys through. That's what I said. I know Matt made a good point that, I mean, are you going to overwork your guys? Are you going to have them play 150 snaps or whatever? But this group needs the reps. They, they need the work yeah. together. Yes. And exactly. No and can't group, afford injury. No group No group dynamic. has to work in, you know, with, with more cohesion as a unit than the offensive line. Right. That's why they don't get a lot of individual credit because so much of what they do is based on working as a unit. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. And then once you add a, an anchor to that, the most important piece to it coming up during you know uh, when when tr- when fall starts in training camp, then that changes everything too because them working as a unit, even getting the continuity down between themselves, that changes up because you're gonna add a new guy to it who's gonna be you know introduced to a new style of coaching that kind of thing. It's gonna take him a little while yeah. to you know acquiesce. What to I thought what I thought was interesting too, watching going to practice on Tuesday for the window we were there. You know, Herb Hand had Patrick Hudson working with the first group just in some walkthrough stuff. Yeah, and to me that was not a shot at Patrick Vahe, that was this, we've had 11 practices without this guy, this is practice 12, is the first one where he's really been able to go, mm-hmm. he, as much as he can do, he's going to go do it, because we got to get him up to speed, because they know, that Patrick Hudson's a guy that's going to need to help, yeah. he's going to have to help this group, yeah, he's gonna basically going to be, you know, your number one interior guy coming off the bench. Yeah, and think about the permutation, the numbers that you have to go through here, just where you brought up the amount of reps that will have to be had, just because you're going for both sides, they can work well for you, because like you don't think of the actual amount of combinations, but once you have five positions and say you're other than center alternating those other four, but then if you can both be guard tackle, it's like adding one different variable to that chemical compound of the four. Like you were saying, that cohesion needs to be formed. Yeah. There's a lot of different options because once you start multiplying five times four times three, talking about that's 60 options right there. If you just have your tackles, guards, guards, tackles, all being able to rotate within each other with the same center. It's a lot of different combinations if you're working on both sides and both at left guard and right guard. Yeah. And then one other guy at left guard or at left tackle and then the other guy. So once you start getting into that, the amount of these reps, you'll be surprised that even if you're in 100 plays, you might only get to like eight of the combos that you were going to be able to do when you have endless amounts. So at least that's the one good thing that you can pull from this game since you're going to see an overworked offensive line, see which groups work well together. Rod, I want to go to the receiver position because you talked about Colin Johnson and just who's, you know, who on offense has had a good spring because it seems like we've heard more about the improvement of, of guys on defense and yeah. Tom Herman has single guys out. Devin Duvernay might have had the best spring of anybody on offense and I think Duvernay's the kind of receiver and this isn't to knock him as a talent. I just think he's the kind of guy that 
needs to be kind of schemed open sometimes and have the right matchup and have the ball thrown mm-hmm. in the right place. In other words, yeah. he's not, you know, Des Bryant. He's not going to mm-hmm. be the guy that contorts his body and just makes the great, you yeah. know, wins that wins that 50-50 ball. You're going to have to do some different things to help him get it. But open. in the right offense can be maximized. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like yes. in that Veeran shoot, man, he was perfect for the slot in Veeran shoot. You think about Kendall Wright and Tevin Reese and the other guys that Art Browse had mm-hmm. a Baylor. DuVernay yeah. was that kind of guy. Well, and talk about when Sterling Gilbert year was his most successful. Right. And yeah. so with those guys, yeah, you want to hit those guys in stride. I think right now, honestly, from what I've seen, what I've heard, I think Lil Jordan Humphrey is the best wide receiver in this program, and I'm not even sure there's really a close second. Um, Honestly, we knew that. We we knew that last year. Watching the the film does not lie. It's like, well, it looks like Lil Jordan "Hmm." Humphrey is going to. I mean, and right now he's more productive. Oh yeah, than Colin, and you can do more stuff with him too. He's more versatile. I mean, you can do more things with him offense. He's got that multiplicity. Like we I brought up a couple weeks ago, he actually literally is. As explosive or as good as any runner Texas has had in the last three years in Oakfield. Right, I'm not. I'm not saying he's this guy, but you have practiced enough with him and watched him run routes on air. But I remember when I was like in high school, and and I would when back when you could go to practice, mm-hmm. I would go out to practice and watch Roy Williams, and you yeah. watch just watch Roy Williams run routes on air. You're like, man, that guy looks like he just looks special. Yeah, he does. Like, like this, a bit, a bit, something big waiting to happen. This is true. And when I watch little Jordan Humphrey, and you just watch just kind of the way he attacks the ball and just the little subtle nuances to his game and, yeah. and his athleticism, I'm like, man, this guy just seems like he's something big waiting to he's happen. He's a powerful athlete. You know what I mean? There you go. It, Boom. It, it's, it's hit a yeah, right away. And you can see. Rarely it. do you have a his, big body with his speed to power. Yeah, exactly. With the with the body and the body control, but his speed to power, the way he transitions it, because you can see it when he explodes <laughs> off the line of scrimmage but then you can see it when he makes his break or he makes his drop and makes his cut uh, and uh, drops it drops his hips i say um and that's there how they transition from the speed to the power and that means that's why when mm-hmm. little jordan Humphrey <laughs> gets the ball that's he becomes powerful so quickly yeah you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's like hard to bring those guys down it's like damn he usually guys are you know they're thinking about Jerky. going to, you know they're, they're speedy guys are easy to bring down yeah um you know what i mean so you got to worry about his speed but then when he catches the ball you got to worry about this guy you can't come in with an arm tackle right you gotta you gotta securely bring him down those guys are tough and Roy was like that too a little bit I mean Roy Roy could always kind of break you remember Roy just kind of mm-hmm. running through tackles sometimes through yeah. the secondary because he was just powerful man and he was big though both those guys I mean, what was Roy 6'4 or something like that yeah. I think yeah, let man. me look it up at the well he was 6'5 yeah, at Texas he was like 6'3 he was 6'5 at Texas I think yeah, he was 6'2 exactly. exactly. you always three. shrink when you go to the league from Texas but I mean and those guys weren't necessarily ha- they don't have fast 40s like I and Roy I don't think his 40 was no. fast and I don't think little Jordan Humphrey's 40 is going to be that fast. But you is exactly. You go out there and watch him run routes, like Jeff said. You go watch that beast of a, an yeah. athlete run routes, and you'll go, okay, I can see why a DB would open their hips early on this guy. Gosh, Roy yeah, because yeah, you is, wonder- Hold on, this is Roy Williams with combine. 6'3", 212, and a 4'3", 6". Yeah. Holy, well, I take that back then. With Dang. a 20-yard a, a shuttle of 3'9", 7". Okay, I take that back a then. A 6'7", 5'3". Well, that goal. was when he was right. training, not was, eating cereal in the dorm. But, no, that, that, and this that, is that, this He's a freak, though. This is where, yeah, that. that's where I said you can't directly compare him. Was Roy Williams was he was a track athlete too, I had, so I take that back. Yeah. I had never. It makes sense. Like, he was a track guy. He was the big body explosiveness that you see. Like I mean, you I, I, and then I saw a guy the last two years when he was at USC that was underrated in Juju Smith Schuster that people would constantly see his body and not give him any respect that he could do just the things to come out of breaks and yeah. little subtle things. Now think of a guy like Little Jordan that is an athleticism like between that track athlete like what you thought you saw for a couple of snaps out of a Jalen Overstreet a big body athlete but then it's like no but this guy's a football player that knows how to do every single detail of his yeah. position and embraces power and does all the other things around being that almost big body track athlete that's explosive that the other opponents are actually going to undervalue and underestimate and think he can't do what his body really can do yeah he comes from a program at South Carroll where I mean if you're going to be a player over there I mean, you're running varsity's offense and you're seven on seven leagues when you're like fifth grade yeah so Refined. In terms of in terms of being nuanced in the game, you know what's going to and he can't, the versatility. I mean, keep in yeah. mind this is a guy that came up as a running back. There you go. No, he's a more versatile piece, definitely yeah. than a guy like Roy Williams. But Roy yeah. was so Roy was special. Roy was like, just I, a raw athlete, athlete. I didn't. I don't remember seeing one like him before he got to Texas. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one like him since he left. Uh, they played Very the wide in the league. position. We've had some freaks here, man. Oh, when Malcolm Williams was the one, I was so far off. But when um, we saw Malcolm Williams that first year, he was that big. Lavelle body. Pinkney was supposedly like a freak too. Didn't Lavelle? Lavelle was, he was okay. Lavelle Mike was Adams was not, the higher draft not as pick fluid of an athlete as Roy. Williams. No way. Yeah. He was a tight end. He didn't Lavelle have that was. Explosive. Yeah. No. He might have been the gray 
place athlete to play wide receiver at Texas. I don't want to disrespect anybody. Did, I mean, yeah, when I, mean, I think of athletes yeah. in football, I think of Roy and Vince Young were the two big body six five guys that I had never seen move that way in my life. They yeah. did stuff at their positions. I'd never seen a wide receiver being like a guy that could run a quick slant or a reverse and then get beat the guy around the corner yeah. in Roy's body. No, it was Roy just was crazy, like seeing that. And then same thing with Vince, where his body type, like you don't see people that size when they get up to speed with that stride. They're different. You just don't have them. There are very few of them in the world. Most of them are in the NBA. All right. Um, <laughs> sticking with the How offense, though, football? Rod, I, I, I want to hit quarterbacks and receivers real quick before we move on. And, and you know, with, with the receivers, I mentioned Duvernay Spring and Colin Johnson. I mean, Lil Jordan Humphrey maybe probably, in my opinion, being the best receiver you've got in the program right now. I don't know what the deal is with Colin Johnson, but when I watch him on the practice field, you talk about when I see LJ Humphrey, I'm like, that's a, something big waiting to happen. Like, I, I made it a point on Tuesday because I hadn't really watched, like, just spent a practice watching quarterbacks and receivers. Yeah. I left wanting more from Colin Johnson. Hmm. You know, like, there was a ball that Sam Ellinger kind of, and this is routes on air, kind of threw a little bit behind him. But I'm like, man, if you're a big-time guy, you, you maybe you, you catch that. You and catch I, and I don't want to, like, insult anybody mm. like yeah. that. But it's, I mean, there was yeah. a ball like, yeah, at 6'6", six, six, and to be things. able to do the things you do, you should climb the ladder for that ball instead of it going over your yeah, head. Yeah, because I know you got, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm with you. It's, it's one of those things where with Colin Johnson, when is he going to be – Every time on, on an every down basis, the threat that he was in that USC game. There's too much boom or bust with him. Right yeah, now, you know still. what I mean. So and now the question the ceiling, you just posed, the ceiling of him is still high. But yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna get to the point where he no longer bottoms out. So you wanna uplift his basement because, like you said, sometimes he is unbelievable, and you're like, damn, that that guy's a six six matchup nightmare out there. And then other times, it's like, well, where did Colin Johnson go? Yeah, literally, he might be on the bench because the coaches might have benched him too because they have probably a similar perception that time they want more from period yeah. and the question that came in your mind whenever you saw that happen those type of questions d- didn't jump in your mind ever while watching Roy Williams that's sort of the difference where, where if you're saying like this guy has the tools he should be doing freakish things yet what we have seen these other guys always just constantly do as if it's just rolling out of bed and running quick slants and getting open and he's always going to be able to do that something when you see the tools it makes you frustrated you wonder why isn't this guy doing what these other guys with similar skills or just so obvious that you never even had to ask that question. Yeah, Matt, you brought up a guy earlier, and not and I think Collins better than Malcolm Williams. But with Malcolm Williams, as observers of this program, we were always wondering, and I think the three of yeah. us probably did it one time. You're chasing that Texas Tech game, like man, when's the next one coming? He's he, leaving early. He was so. I mean, he had like an eighty-something yard yeah. touchdown in that game. You're like, when's that next one coming? Eighty-nine. And the next game never came. Yeah. And literally, like those came. are the last two guys that I've had that thought. How wrong have I been? Because I haven't thought of one Texas wide receiver be like, oh, that guy's leaving early, except for Malcolm Williams. And I said, saw Colin Johnson as a freshman. It was like, oh, he's leaving early. And then both of them yeah. probably maybe not leaving. And, and with Colin, Rod, you brought it up like, okay, that USC performance, Are we? when are we going to get more of that? And it's like that's the one that, that was the high point of his yeah. season last year was game three. And it never, for whatever reason, we never saw, I mean, granted, quarterback, quarterback play was erratic. There was Connor yeah. Williams there left were at extenuating that time. circumstances. But yeah. still, I think the staff really got to the point where they, they wanted more from him. Yeah, I agree with you. They want, if he's in man-to-man coverage, for him to always be able to get open. They, and I think what they want from him, and I, be, I think this is tough for him, they want him to create separation. And I don't think he always necessarily creates a lot of separation. Because his body his, his separation that. is naturally 6'6". Six, six, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I want to have this conversation with you. I'm glad yep. you brought his this up. Hold that thought real quick. That, because yeah. this came up, sorry, I owe, you, you, I owe everybody a beer since You have to get off. yourself open as a wide receiver, yeah. and so they, you land those skills. They, Except for if you have it built into your frame that no matter what, you still have some part of your body's catch radius is open for a guy like Colin Johnson at yeah. all times. And if you got a veteran quarterback, usually, you know, your veteran quarterback understands that. Like Back Sims, shoulder. Would understand. All right, I got Roy Williams. <laughs> you know, what I mean, right? Like, he's open. So you this I mean? this came up. the The subject of separation came up. I heard a lot of. Uh, I'm, oh, a, I'm a big Bryant's fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of the, the ticket in Dallas. I listen yeah. to the ticket a lot, unless I'm, I'm listening to the broadcast yeah. or one of the other fine shows. I appreciate on that. Dak doesn't look. Um. Yes, and that was one of the deals with where they're talking about separation, separation. And Tony Romo did an interview. I don't know with who, but I just kind of heard the excerpt. Yeah, and he's like, this. Hey, yeah. Des create. Des doesn't have to create. 
separation. It's like you just throw it up and he'll go catch it. He'll get himself open. <laughs> yes. So, but Rod, haven't been a DB though. Haven't been a DB. Rod, is that like are there guys that you can have the best coverage in the world on him, but man, at some point it he's just matter. gonna go make a play. Yeah, that guy just yeah he just he's got his ball skills and body control. Yeah, and catcher that yeah. he autom- he's he's open as long as the ball placement mm-hmm. is is right. Right. You know what I mean? Like basically he's unguarded with the ball placement is right. He's always if it's a 50-50 ball literally, uh, then he's gonna the percentages are going to increase in his favor mm-hmm. because of his body control, because of his ball skills and his hands. Now that's why the Tony Romo Des Bryant conversation is so interesting because mm-hmm. yeah, Des Bryant and we all remember as a beast. He was one of those guys talk about power to speed transition. Yeah. Right. He was one of those guys that if he's one on one, Tony Romo knew man if I put it in a certain spot, this dude is such a a a power force. You know Best mm-hmm. high school football player I've seen in person with my yeah. Own you know what I mean like yeah. he will get there in the vicinity. I just got to put the ball in right. And, and Tony Romo was great at ball placement. He was and recognition, accurate. knowing when yeah. to do that. And him and him and Dez had the, had that chemistry. But with Dak, it's different. Dak needs a wide receiver to create separation. That's mm-hmm. why he liked Cole Beasley in his first year. He needs separation. He wants a guy to be open so that he can, you know, either throw him open. Tony Romo didn't offense. need that. Tony Romo was confident enough like, hey, I'm throwing, I'm putting it in a certain window. Dez, go to that window. If you run mm-hmm. this route, go to that window. I'm going to put it right there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to give you a chance at it. And Dak doesn't do that. So, I think our young, I think veteran quarterbacks can do that better. Our young quarterbacks, I don't know if they're that savvy. And I say young, now you got a sophomore and a junior. Um, but Bouchel probably is, is cl- maybe closer to that because okay, he's let me really, bring really this accurate. Up me, and I think he can put the um, ball in the window. But, yeah. yeah, for Sam, I think it's a little different. I think Sam goes about, he's a lot more about feel. Yeah. Than, you know what I mean? With his routes and with the way he likes to throw it. It's about how, it's about if he's feeling it or not. You've and, seen him just kind of go over the top like, I'm feeling yeah. it. I'm going. Yeah. Right? There's momentum. And he's he's like, he gets, he's gets caught up like Johnny Manziel, like in the momentum. I'm going. I'm going. I'm yeah. going. And I'm going. You know right what I mean? Right now, and they're like, they're in that stage of their, off of their careers are in that stage in the same way that Dax is early on in the NFL, that you have a guy coming in to run a newer offense or a new system the first couple years. So he's going to let the ball go where it's supposed to go to the open receiver, not necessarily dependent upon the chemistry, but that's why a guy like Colin Johnson was so frustrating to guys like us last year when he wouldn't be on the field because you know that you have that one built-in thing that even if everybody isn't open, which yeah. in your offense, then that's what you're relying upon. He still has that range yeah. catch radius that you can throw to that is still open that yeah. other receivers don't have built in. So that that's no why sense. when you talk about the NFL talent and that skills, no you see that there. And that's just sort of why you feel good about the future with him on the field. But like maybe not so much at Texas because you have young quarterbacks that are going to be working within the framework of an offense that are going to be trying to get it to an yeah. open what? guy. But it's always good to have then as a guy to fall back Listen, on. Everybody can separate. I don't know if he's he's not a Roy Williams, so he's not running the four three. Yeah, but and he's long, so it's harder for him to get in and out of breaks. And he's he's a bigger guy. But route running is essentially the art of separation. So if you're a great route runner, Dez is not. You know, you he's you, a free Jerry guy. Rice. You can create route. Yeah, you can create separations through your routes, through your angles, setting DBs up. You know Michael when they Irvin. turn their hips. Yeah, you can do it, man. When you're running a four Antonio seven Brown out there like right Steve now. Larch, Antonio you really can. The best route you know runner. I mean? Antonio Brown's the best route running in the league, and that's why Dez getting older, not as explosive. It's like, all right, man, maybe I need to go, you know, and not don't have the chemistry of my quarterback. I got to go learn how to run routes, and he's he's working with a route guru or whatever like that. But my point is, that's that's what they want from Colin Johnson. He's got to get better at running yeah. his routes so that he creates separation because that's what they want to see. But I agree with Matt. I think at one point your quarterbacks get savvy enough to understand, and you put him in there in a red zone situation to go. He's six six. That defensive back is five ten. Throw it up when Just one of your QBs is and scramble drill twenty four. So I mean, if so, your offense has been yeah. basically dissolved into a scramble drill by the end of last season, that's the one guy in a scramble drill that would be the betting favorite in every single but time. That, like that's all that's you want. The frustrating Common thing though sense. is Colin was a very Colin Johnson was a very good in a scramble drill last year. Like I remember the Oklahoma well, that's where game chemistry, where your body he would just kind of run routes and just kind of run around and hang out. Like no, yeah. like bro, yeah, break that route off, come yeah, back to the quarterback. Foreman, but that's the mental side of it. Armani Foreman and L.J. Humphrey were the two best receivers they had last year. Scout scramble drill, Barna. Drill. We only we only got about ten minutes left in the show, so I want to get some other stuff before we do. But Rod, th- this is the number from Pro Football Focus. Um, this doesn't look at passing, but um, Sam Ellinger's ability to scramble. Uh, this was going into the bowl game. Ellinger took took off on scrambles on ten point five percent of his dropbacks. That was the third most in the Big Twelve. Okay. Uh, and that he was a- he was average. He was leading the Big Twelve in eight, uh, with eight point five yards of carry on true scramble situations. That's great. Yeah. He's almost getting a first down every time he decides to. 
to scramble. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then, that's better than that's your pro football focus looking at it, like the play starts as a drop back pass and it turns into a breakdown where it is a true scramble he's, situation. He's, the, he's that's a, a quantifiable as, uh, example when of exactly. Which that, exactly. That didn't count the ones when he passes. Right. Exactly. So that's the quantifiable yeah. exact number yeah. where you talk about having, well, what, what do you get from a dual threat quarterback? Well, if the quarterback would have been back there passing, he'd be sacked and you get nothing or negative yards. Instead, you're getting 8.3 per play for those 10. Like, that is huge. That's basically the way you talk, the built-in second offense inside of an offense with a dual-threat quarterback, and he is able to get that every time. That's that's insanely good. Like, I'd yeah. like to see if they charted that for Vince Young and what Vince Young was back Ooh. his first couple years. So, Rod, when, per when, carry. when we talk about the quarterbacks, I want to talk about the quarterbacks real quick, and I, I don't think they're going to blow anybody away Saturday night. No. Um, but I think you'll see improvement, and you can see improvement, at least I have on the practice field. I, I will say this. I think Shane Bouchelle is at the point now, Rod, where, and I don't want to surmise this because I, I don't see every snap of every practice, but it seems like he's gotten to the point, this being his third spring, where he stopped having, like, the bad practice. Yeah, that's big. I don't, I don't think that he's, but the thing with Shane Bouchelle, he's not going to give you, like, the spectacular eye-popping play, but he's not going to give you that moment where, if you're Tom Herman, you're down. throwing your hat down going, what the hell you, you know thinking? what was that? Yeah. yeah, so think about where Cole McCoy yeah. was two years into his career. That would be about my explanation if he was doing that. Mm-hmm. I'd be good with that. And it's but like, oh, well, we, that's we can all agree with Sam Ellinger. Kind of like I'm talking about with Devin Duvernay. I think, I think you need to scheme some things around him to, to, to help him be a better quarterback. I agree with that. You, I mean, I think they, they should do it with both quarterbacks. Well, depending on who is the quarterback, you should tailor the offense a little bit to the skill set of those guys. I think they will. Um, with guys like Devin Duvernay, I agree with you with the skill position guys. And even guys like Gerard Hurd. Guys, they got like three of these guys that I don't know over who's the best overall wide receiver. I think Lil Jordan Humphrey right now is leading to be that guy. But they got guys who have an elite um, kind of X-Man ability. Like Devin Duvernay, it's his speed. Um, uh, Colin Johnson is 6'6". The catch you know what I mean? Yeah. Gerard Hurd is a guy that can, you know, he's really great with the ball in his hands, and he's played wide receiver and played Decisive. quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean? So maybe you can use him a lot of different ways. And they got Lil Jordan Humphrey, who is the most versatile piece, and they still haven't utilized him or maximized him. So it is going to be a challenge for them with the wide receiver group. And yeah. getting back to the quarterbacks, too, you know, these quarterbacks at one point need to start getting chemistry with one of these wide receivers or some of them. And you messing with the wide receivers and also messing with the Quarterbacks, it is hurting the chemistry and their ability to right. feel out and figure out what their what their wide receivers like and mm-hmm. how they want the football in certain positions. I I know quarterbacks and I know they worry about that kind of stuff too on certain routes. How do you throw it? Where I'm gonna throw it? Where's the window? You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. How I like to throw it in a cover two as opposed to how I'm gonna throw that route in a cover three. You know right. what I mean? That kind of thing. All right, guys, break time on the show. But when we come back, it's more spring game talk right here on Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Um, Rod, I, want, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this Texas defense because really, what else is there to say? Um, this defensive yeah. line, I'm fully expecting the defensive line to get the best of the offensive line uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, the linebacker situation. I, if there's one guy on defense and maybe one guy in this whole program that it's tough to it's tough on first viewing in a spring game to see everything you want to see, mm-hmm. but if there's somebody listening to this podcast and they would ask me, Jeff, who's one guy that I should watch? Just give me one guy to watch. I would tell you to go watch Malcolm. Roach because I think to do the things he's capable of doing yeah. at 270 pounds, I mean, you talk about a chess piece Todd Orlando can move around and have fun with, especially when Gary Johnson gets back healthy. Mm. Malcolm Roach has the ability right, to change the complete complexion of this defensive front as we know it. Yeah. Like they could be a legitimate, now that they know what they've got in Hager, yep. and you've got a minute who at 270, whatever he is, an NFL with, caliber D with Taquan Graham working yeah. inside, and now Malcolm Roach, you've got the ability on third down now to have four legit dudes that can get after the quarterback getting after the quarterback. Yeah, and I love it's almost like out of necessity because of the injury to Gary Johnson. It was out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. they had to move Malcolm Malcolm Roach around, uh, but that that's his best part of his strength. So I, I'm with you, man. I I think now you have two pieces, Breck and Hager and Malcolm Roach, who are who are hybridized, if yep. you will, have these hybrid skill sets. And Todd Orlando knows he can weaponize them. Yeah, you know put I mean? them where they need yeah. against specific opponents. Situa- he can exactly. go and exploit 
any part of the D O line that's there. And look, I mean, just hearing you talk about Roach, it makes me just remember back to like my most underrated Longhorn D lineman that I've ever like enjoyed watching was Lamar Houston, and he started out because he was that guy in the total opposite reverse order, going like from a running back to linebacker to D end to D tackle, but having that body Mm. type and that versatility and then that athleticism that Roach, he just seems like that guy the most similar to him since he left. Yeah, and Orlando, this is where I think Orlando and Muschamp are similar in the sense that Rod, we talked about last week. You know, the word tweener, it's a it's it's a negative term, Mm -hmm. but they don't see tweeners like tweener. No, that guy's multiple. I I can use him here. I I can take this guy. I can move him here. Yeah, like I remember the guy like Will Muschamp was really excited. He recruited and and you know didn't work. He's somebody I consider a friend now. He's had injuries, but Demarco Cobb was a a guy that Will Muschamp was like. Yeah. Yeah, people say he might be a big safety. I don't know what he is, but I just want to put him on my defense, let him run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you just want you just want thoroughbreds out there. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, I remember when Tom Herman called Brecken Hager a tweener uh, during the season. And yeah. like after the like, Oklahoma State game, he's like, we, yeah, we're like, are going to use him more? He's like, yeah, we got to find a way to use him. He's a bit of a tweener. And that's what I, you know, I thought about the takeoffs. Like, yeah, that's that's a, a kind of a disrespectful term these days. I bet now they consider him a hybrid. Yeah. Tweener is like, ah, he's in between. We'll figure out something. We don't know what they really do with him. Just, a hybrid, that insinuates that guy's, uh, he's he's weaponized. Like, that yeah. is it's purposeful. It's intentional. You know what Shout I mean? Just like those undersized bigs in the NBA that were worthless. Exactly. Shout out yeah, to DeMarco Cobbs, by the way. Who's, Shout uh, out. He's uh, the linebackers coach at Midlothian High School. In nice. Metroplex. I always noticed that name. and was yeah. like, that's a weird <clears throat> high school name. Um. So, <laughs> real quick, I think, Rob, the one thing I'm excited to see defensively, I want to see those young defensive backs because with the injury situation, you're probably, oh, if man. they come out in that lightning package, well, they'll be drafted up on teams so it won't be a true, like, you won't see, like, the number one defense. But I want to see Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster, and Anthony Cook just getting glimpses of those guys this spring. I think people will be really – you talk about having grown man body. I think people will be really impressed physically with all of those newcomers. They will look like, man, Yance McKnight's doing some damn good things in that strength program with the way these young cats look. Yeah, I got a chance to uh, actually visit with uh, Jason Washington. Okay. The DB's coach, and he was talking about them young – and basically Anthony Cook told me he's a technician. Uh, Absolutely. Caden Stearns is a guy that's got range. I mean, he, he can – he can get to either sideline to sideline. Got some of that Earl Thomas in him, and that uh, uh, BJ Foster is just an athletic freak. Like two hundred, a two hundred pound safety yeah, who can, a, covers like a corner and can fill the alley. Yeah, his athleticism is like freakish, BJ Foster. Man. BJ Foster might end up being Michael Griffin two point oh. Yeah, like he, he, he might be that good. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it tells a comparison. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a, that that group is exciting. All right, guys, our parting shot this week, uh, Rod. I will start with you. The spring game is successful if what happens. Oh, that's a what, good one. What um, constitutes a successful spring game? If the um, if they can if they can make big plays on offense, people will be happy with that. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I go with that. Big plays on offense. Matt, plays. Matt, what say you? If the offensive line just doesn't make it look like the quarterbacks will get killed, because they won't get killed, because they won't get hit. <laughs> right. But if it looks like they're going to get killed, then that's not good. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. If we can see tangible signs that this offense is can improve, not that it's improved, but if we see signs that we say we see we if we There's can hope. see a we can see a light at the end of the tunnel Keep on offense. Yes. Keep hope alive. All right, guys, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side as we close down the spring game preview edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today, and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. I'm a one-trick pony, literally. I show up at kids' parties and act cute. That's pretty much it. So excuse me for being bitter when Geico says not only could we save you money on car insurance, but we do more, like give you 24-7 access online, over the phone, or even via our award-winning mobile app. Well, ooh-la-la, aren't they (laughs) multi-talented? Hey, I said organic carrots. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. 
Hi, Tom Bodette. If Motel 6 were an article of clothing, it would have to be a pair of jeans. Nothing that would bedazzle a fashionista, mind you. Just a comfortable American classic that would rather have more in the pockets than on them. That's Motel 6. Nothing fancy, just a clean, comfortable room for a great low price. And with the money you save, you can maybe get yourself a jean jacket, too. See you at the fashion show. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Unison presents a bedtime story. A lot of people ask me, Hey Einstein, how do you get all those ideas? My formula is simple. Get a good night's sleep. Because sleep equals dreams. And dreams are where the magic happens. With Unison sleep tabs, you get to your dreams faster because you'll fall asleep 33% faster. So good night, sleep tight, and keep your dreams alive with Unison. Versus placebo in a clinical study. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you're juggling it all, including customers' calls from your personal phone. But with Grasshopper, you get a business phone number and a business phone system from our mobile app so you can work smarter, not harder. Grasshopper forwards calls, texts, even transcribes voicemails. Everything you need to simplify your business and stay responsive. With Grasshopper, there's no long-term contracts and customer support is 24-7. Whether you're starting or growing your business, Grasshopper is the answer. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com slash radio. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. GEICO waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the GEICO legal team would be cool with that because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy from, from the, the franchise, franchise concept Reese and Irvy's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds. To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018. With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you smiles for them we secure our franchisees high foot traffic locations like cinemas hotels tourist attractions colleges and malls from installation to instant sensation we provide you all the tools for froyo success no experience is necessary and full and part-time franchise opportunities are available to find out if your territory is still available go to froyofranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2323 that's froyofranchising.com promo code 2323 Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right. Well, uh, next week, I guess, we'll wrap up the spring game, and then that'll give us all summer to talk about uh, spring ball or wrestling or pop culture or whatever pops up. Uh, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rob B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn, the Austin Radio Network, hornfm.com, The Horn app, AM 1260, where you can hear Rod each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt. You get us on iTunes, tune in, and any podcast app, plus get all of our archives, interviews, all the good stuff on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.